Hi, I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, we are getting the chance to have a conversation with Liliana. If you missed her first episode, you can tune in to episode six after this. That episode focused on reluctant readers and a YA standing for young adult book flight for boys. She is a treasure trove of knowledge. I feel so lucky that we get another opportunity to hear her tips. Today, we are going to focus on reading aloud and a YA book flight for girls. Welcome to the show, Liliana. Thank you so much. I feel so lucky to be the first repeat guest. Yay, I'm so glad to have you. So for those that might not have gotten to listen to our first episode together before today, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Well, I am, uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm a reader, teacher, mother, um, a reading specialist, and I taught middle school for many years. And again, I just love reading and everything it does for people. So I, I just love getting the opportunity to be on a show like this and and uh, maybe give some tips that would help others and parents or um, even teachers or just anybody who's on the reading journey, which hopefully we all are, or helping others on that journey. Yeah, I love our conversation that we have on like the sidebar, right? In our messenger conversation, we're always chatting books. And I feel like you have so many great recommendations, even in there. So I feel like our guests are really lucky to to hear a little snippet into our conversation. <laughs> uh, thank you. And I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so I actually went to a conference this weekend, and it was on reading and writing with Andrew Pudua, for those um, who've maybe heard his name. But he has a Institute for Excellence in Writing, and he talked a lot about reading and, you know, writing being like one of the most complex processes that we do. But, and he was saying so much about like how we had to have the words in our brain to be able to translate them and to put them out onto paper and in a writing format, right? To be able to synthesize that. Like it was like a four-step process to even be able to write the word down on the paper. Um, But he talked so much about that, you know, that the words had to be in the brain. And I'm really curious to get your thoughts on this because he said it could be that they've heard the words by reading them, right? They've seen them visually, or it can also be that they've heard the words verbally through reading aloud. And he, he brought up this point and I was like, it's so true. He's like, up to a certain point when your kids learn to read, they're going to be reading aloud because they're essentially reading it to themselves in their brain. And it's another way for their brain to process what they're reading, to hear it verbally to themselves, even though they're visually also reading it on the paper. Yeah. And he's like, and then they get to a certain age where something clicks and they don't need to verbally read to themselves anymore. But I would love to get your thoughts on reading aloud because that's something I try to prioritize in our house just so my kids can get, you know, the additional language and the additional words they're hearing. And it's just fun, right? To snuggle up and read a book together so <laughs> yes there's there's so much there and I wish I could have gone to that conference because that's right up my alley <laughs> I I think that writing well first of all learning vocabulary in context is always going to be the best word to learn vo- way to learn vocabulary because even though we do have you know isolated vocabulary word lists that students will learn they don't take root the same way as learning them in the context when you're reading or um, or speaking and that's why I always encourage in general, don't ever talk down to your children. 
always mm -hmm. speak to that little bit of a higher level. And, you know, that's how they're going to be picking up those words, you know, although it is, you know, you see a cute baby, you can't help but the baby talk for a second. But <laughs> in general, try to use vocabulary around your kids as they're going to be, they're going to be absorbing more than you realize. But when it comes to using, um, when kids transition to become writers, the ones that really read a lot and really got that, that all at, like to understand all facets of a word and how it's used and the, the connotation to it. Those are the ones that typically take off as richer writers. It comes more naturally to them. Now, I, I love all writers. And when kids are emerging writers and middle school writers, some of them, um, once they discover the thesaurus feature on Word and they wanted to like beef up their <laughs> writing, they would go nuts with it. And sometimes it doesn't work, you know, just because it's a synonym, it doesn't work in that context. And, you know, I always just praise them for trying. But you, the ones that really understand it more typically are the ones that have more experience with the reading and, and really have seen that word five different ways, you know, and so they can really use it in different um, aspects. So that goes back to the values that come from reading aloud. And on the last podcast, we tried. I tried to cover as many things as I could. There's so many things to cover, and I, I know I can't even still, you know, it would be books and books and many podcasts, which is why you'll have plenty of episodes to, <laughs> to cover material. But I, I didn't really get a chance. We talked briefly about reading aloud, and mm -hmm. there's an amazing book uh, that I wanted to put a plug in for, The Read Aloud Family, uh, Making, meaningful, Making Meaningful Connections, main, Making Meaningful and Lasting Connections with Your Kids by Sarah McKenzie. I feel like every parent needs to read this book. It's so accessible and fun to read. And she makes it seem just, you know, she she not only hits on all the values of reading aloud to your kids at all ages, but really gives great recommendations and fun ways to do it. And, and I think she sounds hilarious. I'd love to meet her or hear more from her. Um, and she has a podcast. Yeah, it's called Read Aloud. It's called Read Aloud Revival. So if you're like, I don't have time to read another book, you can tune in to her podcast. She's been podcasting for a long time. Um, and you could go and all her they're very they're labeled very nicely. So you could go to they're labeled by age ranges of your kids, boys, girls. So you oh, could nice. go find the one that fits and tailor it to your kids. So that could be a quick way if you want to just get some brief introduction to Sarah. Um, but yeah, it. She is fantastic. I've listened to her podcast before. Then, then a lot of this is, you know, inspired by her or just other ideas I've had. So some of these things uh, she mentions on in her book, but just spending the time to read aloud with your kids, the value, it just cannot be matched and reading in general. And I think uh, when you, you have to get kids to fall in love with reading first and when they're just decoding and sometimes it's a little of a struggle and they're motivated to read, but it's, challenging on their brains you know and they're mm -hmm. spending so much time trying to decode those words that they're not necessarily always grasping the full rich meaning of them so reading to them and taking the pressure off of them having to even think aside from just making those connections with the text and just getting to enjoy it that's when they're going to fall in love with reading when you're reading to them and then it's going to transition towards them reading them, themselves just like this age group uh, from young adults we're talking about we want them to obviously be able to read independently successfully but we also, they can benefit a lot from being read aloud too. And they really do love it. My students would love it in middle school. Like I'd say, okay, I'm going to read to you. Oh, they loved it. They'd get comfortable. They'd settle in and they still just love it. Um, I think reading to them, when you read aloud to them and you just let them just get to experience the text, it builds so many things in them. And the first thing, without a doubt, I try to imagine a world without imagination 
and innovation yeah. and how we would never have the we wouldn't have all the inventions and cool things and everything that we love and get to enjoy as a society yeah. without that imagination innovation from adults you know or even kids mm-hmm. kids are turning into inventors there you know so many little geniuses out there but all of that is really i believe fostered from getting to explore these texts and getting okay. to go into other worlds and thinking so it really piques their imagination they have to picture things and yeah watching a show is different you know you're seeing it all do you think it's a skill that you can build or i i think when if you've ever been around a very young child you know and see and we have yeah and seeing them play you're just blown away by just how open and creative they are yeah and you know free with their thoughts everything is you know even like a blade of grass or whatever you see them playing with them you know a piece of fluff you know like the yeah. box that you bought something <laughs> in everything is you know and if they just that kind of gets stamped out of them um mm-hmm. sometimes by the structure of school which i know that there's a place and purpose for these things um having to sit down and be quiet how to be you know proper in this environment that environment behave you know these different things that we have to kind of get them into the, the norms of society sure. but sometimes that does also tamper that down a little bit but then you open them up to these worlds and books that are just they can be free and imagination can just flourish in them so I think that's one of the biggest things it's just imagining and even uh, I, I I'll say like a little plug here for poetry in general mm-hmm. I try to at night read something like Shel Silverstein poems or something to yeah. my daughter. Just I short. read those as a kid. <laughs> oh, she loves them. And it's like, the, you know, she's like, what? Like, it's just like the story about the clam that like, not much clam doesn't matter about this or that, you know, just these little things that the two um, tailed dog or something. It's just, yeah. it just makes her think in different ways. She's like, this is what, <laughs> you know, and she's just kind of blown away. The, I am always impressed what the authors can do with words in such a short amount of you know, sentences of the structure. Yes. And this is a plug right here. I would love to have a guest on that reads poetry to come talk to me as for adults, because that is something I have gotten away from mm. as an adult. We do a bit of it with our homeschooling curriculum for my oldest, but I don't read it myself. And I do think there's value of it for the adults. Oh so if there's someone out there listening that wants to come talk to me about poetry, let me know. <laughs> yes, you need that. So. because That's the other thing. Talk about freeing poetry just can abandon like E.E. E. Cummings. I'm not capitalizing my name. I, mean, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, you, just, you can <laughs> abandon all those grammatical rules and just do whatever you want. And poetry, really, I love that aspect of it. It's super freeing. So Yes, I would love to hear that episode with someone who, yeah, I mean, I have an, some knowledge, <laughs> but let's find someone who's really good. You know? uh, so then we have the imagination piece and then, you know, the ability to just have that deeper comprehension because you're not focusing on trying to also read it. And and then one thing, let's talk about this particular age group, young adult girls or boys, but really... Yeah. The journey is not an easy one. We, we know we've been through it. And mm-hmm. I think that age group in general is tough. There's so many things that they've got going on socially, emotionally, their bodies, everything. And there's so many things that they're trying to struggle with. And it's when you can read these texts with them and you kind of get to hold their hand through these experiences, even living them vicariously through you know the characters and kind of grapple with these ideas and, and speak with them about, well, wow, that's how would you handle the situation? Wow, I can't believe this happened. Wow, I would never have thought that, you know, this betrayal would happen, that this character would have turned like that and and have those conversations that you really, it's almost like those after-school specials, those bad ones we used to see as a kid <laughs> that, you know, kind of tried to send a message and I get what they were doing. 
that didn't really resonate as much as these type of conversations you can have with your child and get to to set to, to experience that with them because you won't be there in school or in those other environments likely when they are experiencing them yeah. on their own. So it's nice to have those talks with them and and kind of work through the ideas and yeah, and we want to prepare our kids, right, to go out in the world. So I think like you said, it gives you another avenue to really maybe address some of these things. And then hopefully your child will feel more confident when approached yes. with that situation when they're in school. I can almost, as you're talking about this time period, I can almost feel the tension still of how yeah. awkward I was <laughs> during I this time. <laughs> I needed so much guidance. I'm just yeah. tripping, tripping my way through things. Like, honestly. Oh, yeah. It was bad. My poor mother. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it will. And then, like you were saying, like, they'll be able to be more confident. And then I think that connection with you is the grounding we want all the kids to have. The connection mm -hmm. with the people that that are really 100% always there for them, always have their backs. I, I always would tell my students, I, I guarantee you're never going to find someone in your corner like your parents. You know what I mean? Your parents are always going to be there for you. Or I hope so. I hope they have those parents in their lives. And, uh, you know, just as they go through those time periods, it's really hard to maintain that sense of self and maintain that foothold. Mm -hmm and stay grounded. And so I think that those conversations and the, you know, all of that, those moments are priceless. So yeah, the peer pressure at that age is, big. Oh my goodness. It's huge. It's everything. And I, I think that I, I remember, and I can't remember, I think you and I maybe read it from a book or I don't remember. It's all, you know, melts together, but there was that one where it talks about, um, you know, first generation and I'm first generation American on my dad's side, but uh, and so I had a dad with a very strong accent and I have no accent from that experience with him because really they see a lot of these first generation kids that have an American accent because they're around their peers and the influence of the peers is so strong, you know, like that you usually from the school environment, you pick up more than you do necessarily at home. And I think that's like just a small example of how, you know, the influence of the peers can outweigh the influence of the parents at times. You yeah, know, just a way to consider it. And I think at that age range, they're wanting to be more around their peers, right? It kind of makes mm -hmm. that switch. And I know in the conference this weekend, he talked about this age um, and they start to be really competitive amongst their peers, too. So he's like, you can, as a parent, take that and capitalize it and maybe have your child enroll in a writing competition. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like that wouldn't he's like, I've never seen kids work harder when they're in a competition for something, whether it's a science fair or a writing, you know, a writing exposition, but that you could take that and capitalize on it and to your advantage, right? To help them hone whatever skill you're wanting them to work on because of that competitiveness oh, yeah. amongst their peers at that age. Oh, they definitely are. Even the smallest things, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. But no, I agree. And I think learning about those resources in your community and your school is a great resource and libraries people forget about libraries have awesome programs too so they might even have some of these competitions or things that they're hosting that uh, is just a free resource for parents too yeah I know there's so much to navigate out there right and where to find it <laughs> I know and luckily there's plenty so that's great just how to find it uh, yeah but and now circling back to and so yes, the writing is going or reading is reading aloud, you know, and having those conversations and building their empathy and you know, wow, you know, feeling for these characters and and getting to walk in their shoes and all those things that are so amazing, and and think critically about situations as they're reading. All that is really positive. But to circle back to the writing that you mentioned in the beginning, um, that 
you can always tell when you speak with someone or you read their writing, if they're a reader, I, I really believe so. And just in your la the last episode, which was episode 10 with Desiree, mm -hmm. when I was listening to it, I was like, she's obviously a reader. She really understands language. The way she phrases things is really beautiful. And so I, I think that that just carries over. And it's interesting to talk to people who do that. You know, it's, you, it's, if they introduce different uh, ways of phrasing or, you know, vocabulary, or it just sounds so beautiful. They're using a lot of metaphors and they're just speaking to them. People want to speak to that person. I, I think yeah. at least I do. I'm like, I'm learning from them. Yeah. And but a lot of that is just, you, you, you're always reading just great writing, you know, if you are, and you're, uh, you know, adopting little bits and pieces and using it, you know, for putting it into your vocabulary bank or. Back to the reading aloud. I think when you're going to read to aloud to a child, no matter what age, right? You're probably reading a book that is more advanced than where they're at. So that's where they're also getting that language, mm -hmm. where they're not sitting, you know, having to struggle over every single word that they're reading. Um, and so that's increasing their vocabulary. And again, like verbally or visually, they can be increasing the voc vocabulary that's inside their brains. So either avenue, right, is just as good. Oh, definitely. And you always want to read something that's a little past where they can currently read themselves or, you know, depending on, you know, your child and their interests, because that's kind of showing them the future of what they're working towards, that they can grab these books in the future and be able to just read them on their own. So I think uh, we all, I think everyone understands like how valuable reading in general is, but the reading aloud at all ages, um, it's, it's something that, you know, I, the value can't be, um, overstated. And but, I think your kids will remember that, right? Like they're not going to look back and be like all the minutia of what you do in the day. But I think those yeah. moments, if you really prioritize reading aloud, like that's probably what they're going to remember, right? As we used to yeah. sit around as a family and we would read this. So back to even as adults, right? We've talked so much about this is structuring it, scheduling it into your day. You'll have to do that with your family too. And where you're doing, you're doing this, right? Whether you're right after dinner when everyone's still at the dinner table, Let's yes. just do a chapter or we've cleaned up dinner and we're heading towards bed maybe, right? Cause maybe other kids have sports. I know life gets busy, but right before everybody goes to bed, let's all circle up. We'll read a chapter together, you know, and inevitably I think, was it you and I that talked about this? It's like, if you're starting kids reading and you're aiming for 15 minutes, inevitably the sometimes that'll turn into 20, 25 minutes. Like yes. it may become a little bit longer. So you'll get so much out of it. And I think, my experience in reading a lot with the kids, it's brought up so many other conversations that we would not have in our everyday life. And even the words, right? Like there is words that I do not say in my everyday language that we're experiencing in reading aloud. And so yes. that's even expanding them because I don't talk like I'm reading, you know, or like books are written. Therefore, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we don't typically say, you know, a lot of the words that are written are yeah. in our conversational language. So. Absolutely. Some of these ideas, Sarah McKenzie's book, she has some great ideas about how to incorporate reading aloud with your family. And, and she's hilarious. She talks about bringing food, baking food and they will come, you know, <laughs> baking a pan of brownies. They'll smell it. They'll be there as they're eating the brownies. You're reading something or they make it, you know, they'll do like picnics outside or popcorn on the living room floor, like push the furniture, get a big bo you know, bag of popcorn, everyone lay around. She talks about some of the activities you can do and, you know, the idea that the kids have to sit exactly you know cuddled up on the couch which i love it doesn't always have to be you know some of you have active littler kids they can be coloring or working on a puzzle 
while you're reading and they're still absorbing that. And sometimes my daughter will like to just, you know, she's drawing a picture while I'm reading something to her and then we'll stop and talk about it. And it, it's just all good. It doesn't have to be, you know, the kids don't like to sit still all the time. They're, they're bouncing around everywhere, but they're still hearing it. So yeah, I think if their hands are busy, that helps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> doesn't mean their brains are turned off, but their hands are busy. <laughs> definitely. And I think that uh, another thing is in, in those carpools. So the audiobooks is mm-hmm. a great, um, a great other way of having them, they don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a paper copy book and you can all enjoy it as a family. And there's a lot of great ones that you will enjoy too, you know, so it's not just having to suffer through, you know, there's some like, you know, there's a million variety of little, you know, unicorn cat version books that my daughter loves that that maybe aren't yeah. the ones that I'm going to want to pick up myself, but we can have audiobooks that everyone will enjoy. And it doesn't always have to be eyes on paper. I love audiobooks. They're still getting exposure to the to the vocabulary and you can have a discussion about it. So I think whenever you're on the go somewhere, you can definitely pop in the audiobook and that's another great time, read aloud time. Yeah, it's such a way to reclaim your time, I think, right? Like you're already going to be on the road. You're inevitably have things you have to do, right? You have activities out of the house. And we've really started, we, we started with audiobooks on road trips, actually. Mm-hmm. But now it's morphed into more. We're busier this year with things we have. And so now it's morphed into the chapter books that we're reading for school <laughs> have become car school. <laughs> so um, school on the go. Yeah, exactly. But it's it, we usually have the physical book at home. So when we can, we'll read it on the physical copy. If not, we're reading it on the road. And it's and I've even laughed aloud at these books like I've enjoyed them myself. So <laughs> Yes, and your recommendation to me a long way to a long way from, from Chicago. Chicago. To, from Chicago, we did that on our last uh, road trip because it was five hours each way. So we, I mean, it was it was perfect that we all got to listen to it and talk about it, and my daughter loved it. So there's yeah. so many great books out there that the whole family is going to enjoy. Plug for that, such a good book. Yes. <laughs> I've recommended it to lots of people. <laughs> And another hidden gem, speaking about audiobooks, our um, podcasts are now doing stories just like back in the back in the day when we weren't alive and kids were tuning in for the next episode of some sort of radio program yeah. that they have amazing podcast stories. So one that is going to engage every single child, no matter who, um, I would say around say, age yeah, eight and up because it gets a little intense, exciting, but nothing bad in it is uh, the six minutes podcast. And okay. I may have told you about it before. I don't remember, but it's only six minutes each episode Perfect. and there's always a cliffhanger and I would kind of make it a reward system for my class. Okay. If we get everything we need done and everyone's on task and we're, you know, checking all our boxes, we can listen to a podcast, you know, it's the six minutes at the end of class, you yeah. know, and they would go nuts for it. And then cool. I had kids that would come in and say, um, I read, I listened to the whole podcast this weekend. Yeah, I finished it. I'm like, okay, whoa, they couldn't stop. And then yeah. they would, you know, it's just a story again. It's, it's the same type of thing. If you're reading, it's, they're being read, al- read aloud to, and they're learning so much in the vocabulary and it's engaging. It's fun. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of options out there. And I always find that when I'm reading aloud to my kids, I don't have many, um, how do I say this? Voice options for the different characters, <laughs> which I feel like in audiobooks or podcasting, I bet that these some people are super creative in their different yes. voices, which I think would make it so engaging for the kids. 
And their listening comprehension when they're being read aloud to, it's it's important to have that sustained listening comprehension. And it's different for, and for myself, like my, I know that my listening comprehension is weaker than my, my typical reading comprehension. So when, the more I listen to those things, the stronger it's becoming for me. And it's good. Being a good listener is a good thing in life. So we'll set them up for success too. That True. Way. And for our kids, right? That's so good. So one quick question about the six minute podcast. Is it short stories then? Or is it like one story per it's segment? One, and it keeps thing, going. It's, a, it's a, like basically another chapter. Oh, okay. All oh, right. it's amazing. It starts okay. off, it gets them right in the beginning. And it's just sound effects. So that's why it makes me think of those radio programs, the door closing. And they're just to see their eyes and their eyes would widen when they hear something. Someone fell in the water. They hear the water splash. What happened? They're on the edge of their seats. Yeah. It's an amazing podcast. All right. I'm going to have to tune into that one as well. <laughs> yeah. So those are just some, you know, there's a lot of options out there and, and things that, that you can do to have them reading. And one last thing I, I had learned about before we'll get into book flight, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to download so many things, was a, a noticing wall. I don't know if you've heard of this I've in not. the past Mm-mm. or seen it. So it's something you can do. And our noticing wall is the side of our refrigerator, but it, okay. you can make something special. But it's something that when kids pass by, like a high traffic area, you can put little things for them to read or see, like quotes, okay. your favorite quotes. You can, they can, I kind of put different, um, you know, magnetic little post-it things so that anybody can write and re-erase it on there. Oh, that's and cool. And so they, if they have a quote they like that from their reading, they want to write it down so everybody else can see it or can put a little riddle or a little something you know or I, you know, I've even put like a little math problem with solve me help or something like that and mm-hmm. and then when my daughter will pass by sometimes she'll just pick up the dry erase and answer it or you know and change it out and it kind of keeps it at this this place where like you know kind of seeing what's new what's happened or a joke or things like that and it's just again reading and engaging and connecting with your kids in a different way little oh, small I love snippets that. It kind of sounds like Central Station or something, right? Like everybody go to the yeah. notice board and see. <laughs> yeah, so it's just called, I saw it um, it's a while ago, noticing while I just started adding more things to it or just questions. If you had a million dollars, what would you what would you buy? A quick little thing and then I could write underneath and, and then just keep changing it out and make, make a little reminder in your phone, like add some things to the noticing wall. Otherwise, you know, life gets busy. Yeah. And it's just, it's just something, again, it's another way to connect with them and have something fun going on. Yeah, and I didn't know there was magnetic post-its, so I'm going to oh, be yes. going, to, going to check out those later because that would be fun. So, yes. <laughs> Okay, um, and I wanted to say really quick, thank you so much for that common sense media tip because I have now been using it on the weekends when we go to choose a family movie together. Like, okay, which one's going to be good um, for all That's the awesome. age ranges of everybody? <laughs> um, what about if you come across a book that maybe you're – kids are getting right or want to read how like do you just steer them away from it I mean I guess this could be two ways right because the book could be maybe inappropriate from the content right and so that I I think could be pretty easy of no mommy doesn't want you reading this book like it's a little advanced for you or whatever but what about books that um Sarah McKenzie actually uses the term fluff that maybe don't have much substance to them um, is there like a certain ratio of like, I know you want your kids to read and be engaged. Like, do you let them read a little bit of fluff or what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, fluff, well, definitely the content ones. And I think, uh, this is a kind of a good point to mention just to be cautious as parents. I know I said this in the last time when it comes 
especially for girls, uh, there's going to be different topics that they're interested in, but some authors, you know, especially with the young adult range, because young adult technically could be, you know, 13 plus. And so a lot of our middle schoolers are 13, you know, in seventh grade, they typically turn 13. And then plus all the way up to 18. And there's a big difference between what a 13 year old should be reading and maybe an 18 year old should be reading. And unfortunately, it's grouped together in that sure. young adult um, category. And then you have those, um, you know, those avid readers in sixth grade that want to be reading the third, you know, what the seventh grade girls are reading. So now you're adding in, you know, 11 to 12 year olds in that mix. So you have to be really mindful of the books. So there's definitely a lot of content that may be inappropriate. So that's an easy push aside and try to screen it through common sense media or other avenues and get that out. But fluff or just, uh, maybe it's not inappropriate, but you just doesn't align with your values. That that's another thing that it, um, there's some books out there and, you know, again, like I mentioned, I don't want to book bash or I think you mentioned with your friend, but there's some uh, books that are really popular with kids that when you read them, like, you know, it's not necessarily enforcing the best value system, at least it sure. doesn't align with mine. So I try to just, I, I will be open with my daughter and say, that's, that's not a book for us. Not a book for us at this point. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of other choices out there, but with it, when it comes to fluff and like, let me mention, like, you know, my daughter loves some of these she loves puppies. So any book with a puppy on the cover or it's got glitter on the cover yeah. or a unicorn puppy mix creature <laughs> on the cover, we have it. Oh, I think it's like Keddy Corn or something. I don't know. Some of those books, not a lot happening in them, but she's yeah. so happy reading them. So she's having those positive reading experiences that I'm okay with, you know, then I just try to add in others, okay. you know, give more options. I don't want to discourage unless it's, like I said, something that's the inappropriate content, or I'm yeah. not the content I'm not comfortable with for her, but all those others I'll bring in magic tree house or something else because she's seven going up to be eight. And so I'll give her a lot of those uh, other books that I think will be in you know, the babysitter's club or something like that. I think will be yeah, maybe that's also not the richest content, but sure. I remember loving it so much. So I want her to get to have those experiences. It doesn't always have to be a classic or, you know, the, you know, the most, uh, you know, complex written book, but it can just be something that she's enjoying and she's remembering and, and growing her love as a reader. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that, right. It is a fine balance, right? Like you don't want to discourage them from reading. And even as adults, yes, I try to read classics, but I'm not always reading that, right? Like I, I tend to read those maybe, I've talked about this, on my morning brain, right? In my morning time. Because in the evening, I need something a little bit lighter that I don't have to work so hard at <laughs> yeah. to read, right? Something easier flowing like or like a beach read or something. A that, beach read. I was thinking of that yeah. too. Yes. Something it's like, this is just fun. This yeah. is just, you know, and reading's fun. So if you're having fun and there's, and there's nothing bad about it, you know, then I say go for it. Great. Well, I think all those tips are wonderful. So thank you so much. Do you have any other tips you want to add about that? Or should we jump into our book flight? I say we jump into the book flight. Okay, <laughs> I could go on forever. <laughs> all right. So what is the first book we're going to be sampling today? Okay, so these books are all for again, um, I'm looking at middle school girls, um, typically, because again, high school opening up but a lot of these you'll see a lot of these will be enjoyed by old i enjoyed them myself as an adult so um this first one's historical fiction which is my favorite genre <laughs> and it's called words on fire by jennifer a nielsen and this book i would say you know even starting in sixth grade six seven eight um it would be appropriate the 
um, it takes place. It's a, first of all, the whole concept of the book is right up our alley because it's about a girl in um, the late 1800s in Lithuania. The main character's name is Audra. And it's at the time period in history where um, they were Lithuania was being invaded by Russia and they were going through this, I, I can't remember the process, basically trying to change them into Russians, you know, adopt them sure. into the fold and uh, banning the Lithuanian language, banning all Lithuanian books. And so she kind of takes part in this underground underground resistance to save the books. Okay. So it's it's really cool. And she herself doesn't start off as I'm a heroine from the beginning. She kind of just wants to have a, a you know a simple life and <laughs> doesn't want to be in, <laughs> dragged into everything. But events happen, and and she you kind of go on a journey to see her. Um, see the value in it and gain courage and other characters come in and inspire her and then she ends up inspiring you and it's it's a great great book I could see where that would be so inspiring not only for us but also for kids right of just increasing that courage just recently as a little sidebar I was reading a story about Joan of Arc and she resisted mm. for a long time she was getting um you know these messages from god if you're a christian but that she was getting this message from god that she needed to go help the french and she was resisting because she's like i'm this young girl like who am i and there was this quote in there and it stuck with me and it was i see i start fire from a piece of straw right like i st you don't have wow. to be this great big significant person and i think for me that that really gives me comfort of like if I do everyday things well, right, like the straw of my life, that's what's going to matter in the long yes. run, right? So it's... Yes, I love that. Yeah. And, and I think and this how, book sounds like it is similar. It does. Yeah. It does. And it's and it's it's engaging a lot of... And, it you know, obviously a lot of, like, near misses and scary things. You know, things that are happening are suspenseful, so it keeps it moving. And she also wrote The False Prince, which is a really popular book as well. I've seen that book one. As well. um, that's you know fun for boys and girls to read so um she's she's a great author so i think that words on fire is definite one to pick up if they're in, and then kind of timely now with everything that's happening in our world that it's yeah. another example of like what they're possibly seeing but learning about it back then and through the eyes of a character which could be something that they can connect with now yeah i love that give them a tangible fictional story like we talked about in episode 10 right it's so much easier to understand history and really learn it through stories, right? If you're connecting oh, with yes. it, if you're, that'll make the impression on you versus just didactically memorizing <laughs> what's on yes. the page. So, <laughs> oh, definitely. All right. Anything else you want to add about that one? No, I think you know. And then I love a, another character. There's a few characters. Um, I think people fall in love with uh, Lucas, who she meets, and there's just some great characters in the book too. Okay. So that was Words on Fire by Jennifer A. Nielsen. What's the second book we'll be sampling today? So the second one, let's switch to a graphic novel again, because I just want to keep my, if you haven't heard the other episode that we discussed graphic novels and their value, um, try to tune in, but they do have a lot of value. And uh, one that's so popular, uh, Raina, I don't know how to say it, Tell. Gemeyer, <laughs> Rita Telgemeyer, I think, um, it, she wrote the book Smile, and okay. actually she's written several books, and is the one that is um, kind of tagged with converting the Babysitters Club into a graphic novel. She's doing oh, the, the graphics okay. and stuff, so you'll see those Babysitters Club graphic novels, and you'll see Raina 
Rena on there. Okay. <laughs> the All right. I don't want to keep butchering her last name. But the book Smile is autobiographical or kind of like a memoir of that time period in her life when she's 12. And it's hilarious. But it goes through, um, you know, you'll see right from the get-go and the, the fact that it's called Smile. She has an, an incident that causes her to knock out her two front teeth. And poor thing, it's like, talk about adding anything more to what happens to her. And she's got to go through all these dental um, issues and then try to navigate being a 12-year-old girl and (laughs) dealing with friend issues and, you know, you know, boys and all these things. And it is, it's hilarious. You know, you see the comedy in it, it, you know, definitely coming of age, but again, uh, appropriate and kids can relate to it. And they're, and she's, and she's really funny and. And she has several books. So I know kids would fly through this one and just be just hungry for the next one. There's one named Guts. Um, so there's a bunch of them out there. And just really, just at least a quick, fun read for them and get them excited about reading. So again, if they're reluctant to read, you can give them something like this and they're going to feel really successful and enjoy getting into the story aspects and hopefully springboard into more traditional chapter books on similar topics that they like comedy and they like relatable material and and this this will be right up their alley. Yeah. One thing he mentioned at the conference this weekend, too, was about, um, he didn't necessarily say graphic novels, but how these pictures for someone that might be a reluctant reader of, like, they're reading and they're not quite sure they're comprehending what's going on in the story. The pictures really help to affirm for them, oh, yeah, okay, I was reading that right or I was listening correctly or, you know, that you're able to affirm what you're hearing and comprehending it correctly. So. Yes. Yes, and they could just feel successful as a reader and just yeah. fall in love with the stories, which is what we all do, right? Yeah. It's not the decoding that's exciting, you know, it's just the stories. And then again, also, I fall in love with learning new words all the time, and I always do. You know, there's always going to be words that we're exposed to that we didn't know. So all of that is great, and uh, I definitely think there's there's a lot of great graphic novels out there, but there's also a lot of others that may have content that um, it's not as appropriate. So read parent reviews, try to pre, those are some that you can kind of flip through easily okay. and get an idea of as well. So that's the benefit of a graphic novel, but there's plenty out there that I would be just mindful of. Okay. Especially right. look at the age of the protagonist, you know, if the age of the protagonist sometimes like in this case, she's 12. Um, so if the age of the protagonist is 16, mm-hmm. 15, 16, then maybe there's going to be some things happening that you don't want your 11 year old or 10 year old reading about. So something to yeah. consider. That's a great, great tip because that can help. It'd be a quick way, right, to sque- screen pretty quickly. So Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else about that one? No, I think it's just, it's really cute. And I've even seen, boys don't want to claim to have liked it, but I've seen a couple <laughs> boys pick it up and they're even like, this is, this is funny. Okay. All right. Good. So that is Smile by Raina Tegelmeyer. And then what is our last book in the book flight today? This last one, uh, I'm really excited about it because I did it as a read aloud with my daughter and it's a brand new author and he's hit it big. So um, this is Amari and the Knight Brothers by B.B. Alston, a relatively new book and he already had the sequel out. He's writing the third and it's going to be made into a movie too. So it's like, I'm so excited for him because he's (laughs) he's a great writer and he's, um, again, a new writer. So this is his debut novel and it, and it took off. So it's, if they enjoy Harry Potter, then this is right up their alley. So um, the main character is Amari Peters and she is a, I believe she's 12. 
maybe she's 11 in this book because we've read both of them now. And uh, she comes from more of an urban environment. She's a young black girl who uh, they maybe doesn't have like she's raised by a single mother and doesn't necessarily have everything that she'd like, but she's incredibly bright. So they, her mom works really hard around the clock trying to support them. So she doesn't get to see her a lot, but she's a, uh, I think she's accepted into um, kind of like a more of a prestigious school based on academics. And so she's, you know, just trying to figure out her way in the world and then add in this element where she gets an invitation to be in the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs and finds out about all these supernatural creatures that are living amongst us that you can't see. And you don't realize you think that's your neighbor down the block, but she's really a witch, you know, (laughs) and all these things that are happening. And, and so uh, there's hilarious and creative aspects to this book, including things like, and it's not going to give it away, but playing cards and the cards kind of play back. And, you know, well, it was just really funny things like flying away and doing this stuff. And she's in all sorts of situations trying to solve the mystery of what happened to her brother. And so her brother, Quentin, who is always her idol, has been missing. And she's trying to figure this out and solve this mystery. Okay while figuring out, you know, friendship issues and typical things and betrayal and, and trying to fit in. And, and um, they do a kind of, he does a kind of interesting job of having different supernatural creatures, you know, that are, um, that would discriminate against other types of supernatural creatures. So it's okay. kind of you're removed from it, but you're watching a lot of themes that, you know, play out and they can empathize with these, you know, one side or the other. And, yeah, that, that they can't control being a magician. So why are they being, you know, that this is who they are. And and so there's a lot of interesting conversations that can have that are, are good underlying themes to discuss without being like too, too hot button or something that, you know, maybe yeah. don't want to get into with um, your child at that point, or depending, depending on every child, but it's kind of an interesting parallel. So it's yeah. just a great fun book. I loved reading it. I thought it was really creative and and uh, my daughter absolutely adored it. So I think it could be a read aloud for younger ones or, you know, independent read or read aloud for anybody. Honestly, yeah. I liked it too. I'm going to have to add that to our list. Is this what sparked her interest in fantasy? Was this series? Yes. I know you had mentioned that. This uh, was is still up there. And now she's reading Percy Jackson, which I think she's wrapping up. And, she, you know, the, she's really into the fantasy genre now. So yeah. this really and- was the first one. I think this and then we went through a lot of Roald Dahl. Okay. Books, which you love. I think that as I've been dipping my toes into fantasy a little bit more, even as adults, I think they do the same, right? Where they talk about these tougher topics, but it's in this like fantasy world. So it doesn't seem so in your face of these topics. So it's a... And and it allows you to see them almost more objectively. I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. Like you have no... um, previous knowledge about this stuff, you know, yeah. so you can kind of just see it from the outside and, and just face value and say, wow, that is, that is pretty unfair or something like that. Yeah. Know, and you're not emotionally charged, right? Cause it's not in your realm per se. It's like exactly. up in the fantasy world realm. So that probably helps a lot. <laughs> yes. And it's so creative. I love, I just, you know, just uh, her best friend is like one of my favorite characters, uh, just a loyal, creative uh, little inventor friend. And she makes things like this, uh, my daughter and I will reference this now that we wish we could have one of these. It's a, called a sneak candle, a candle that you light it and you can only see the light. So you can be reading at night or something and everyone thinks you're asleep. That's it's a fun. sneak candle. <laughs> and her, her friend's like just a little genius at inventing. So it's like these different items that she 
we'll bring back and talk about those. Oh, I love that. That sounds really fun. As you've been talking about these books, even in our last episode, I'm like, oh, I want to read that myself. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> and some of these will work. The ones I mentioned in the last episode, a lot of girls will enjoy those too. Yeah. You know, so it's not just one or the other. Yeah. Great. Okay. And then I know we're lucky enough that you gave us a dessert pairing as well. So let's, I guess I'll tie that one up, it was Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Alston. And then what is our dessert yes. pairing today? So this is really important to include a book like this because a lot of girls at this age are really starting to get into the, you know, they want those love stories. They, they're interested in reading about, you know, couples and not, not romance, but young romance. Sure. And, uh, and it's hard to find them that don't have, a lot, you know, we don't go all the way in them yeah. and have all these things happening and these hard choices that, um, I mean, I love Judy Bloom, but I read, um, was it forever? I read that a little too young yeah. because I was flying through her books and I remember reading that because I just grabbed it at the library and no one was really screening it. And that was a lot for me at the age I read it. And so I wanted to include a book that has all the great aspects of, you know, um, that early young relationship, but they're, they're, um, like there's a lot of good Christian values in there and how to approach a relationship and, and have all the feelings with and make smart choices. And okay. so it's called, it's called glass girl by Laura Anderson Kirk. And so I would say seven, you know, 13 plus, let's okay. say age 13 plus for this one. And uh, the main character, there's a lot of things that happen in it and beautiful writing just beautiful writing, great values, great characters that introduce different aspects of good and bad choices. Uh, there's no profanity in it, you know, okay. which is another thing. There's really no need for it. You can write so well yeah. without it. And they do it in it's a realistic way um, where people would almost, it, it, it's very smart how she does it. Um, so the main character, Meg, is 16. So again, we would look at the protagonist's age and you realize there's going to be maybe more content. But in this case, um, it's safe. We okay. have <laughs> safe to read. And so she experiences a family tragedy. Her family moves to Wyoming from Pittsburgh and, you know, her family's kind of crumbling around this tragedy and she's trying to navigate, you know, life and purpose. And, and then there's a lot of Christian aspects. How could God let this happen? How, how come there's evil things in the world? And, and she meets this boy, um, Henry, and he's such a solid, like, he's a Wyoming cowboy guy. He grew up on a ranch and he's just got great values. And he's kind of like the rock in her storm and helps show her how strong she can be. And it's a, it's a great, and there's just a, a lot of amazing quotes in there. And there's one that, uh, and she herself, Meg is a really smart girl. And one quote I loved is she said, uh, my ability to form my own opinions, contrary to the temperature of the crowd in the room came from her, which she's referencing her mother. But I like that she tries to remain to be herself. She gets invited to parties. Yeah. People are making some poor choices. She's still remaining true to herself and what she wants to be and who she wants to be and how she's going to live her life. So it's just a lot of great things you yeah. want to be able, this is a perfect one to have those conversations. And wow, her friend said that they were going to be doing this, but then she took her to another place and she doesn't have a ride. So now what should she do? You know? Yeah. So, and then people are mistreating this person and how she handles that. And, and it's not always, you know, it's not always perfect. Like she's not someone who's without flaws, you know, sure. she's figuring things out herself. So it's realistic. And, um, I think it's just a great, a great book yeah. for kids. I'm as you're talking about, it, I'm like, oh yeah, you could learn so many lessons, right? In oh yes. So and just solidify, um, again, your child going out into the world and being exposed to these scenarios. So 
Yes. So it's it's a great one. And uh, I enjoyed reading it too. So I think again, it's all <laughs> the writing because there's so much beautiful writing in it. I thought it was, she, she writes, it reminds me of Jodi Picoult and how she handles, uh, she had one line in there about how like something, they had this bit of news and then they were drenched to their bones with worry and dread and stuff like that. The way she phrases it, you know, like everything changed from this point, you know, and things like that. It's just really well written. does sound like beautiful writing. Um, that was one other thing this weekend too. Sorry, I keep like saying this. I, there were so many gems from this conference that I got, but he mentioned reading aloud. Absolutely. But like read aloud books you want to read aloud to your kids. <laughs> Don't go grab yes. a book. You're like, oh, this is going to be brutal because that vibe is going to come off of you if you're like not into the book you're reading. So as the parent, if you're choosing the read alouds, which you probably are, choose books you want to yeah. read too. That will be a big, a big tip. I was like, good to know. Like, don't just read it because you think you need to read it. Choose what works for you too. So. Oh, definitely. And yeah, we're the ones buying them most likely or get, grabbing them and we can kind of navigate which ones we think that would be good for them to hear, you know, and another one I'll say just randomly wonder. I don't know if you ever mm -hmm. read wonder. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh my goodness. I think, and they did make it into a movie. I think for some reason, I know Jennifer Garner might have been in it. Okay. It's about a disfigured um, boy, and he's an amazing character. Okay. He's age 10. So this would be a great, be a great read aloud. It's, it's on my list for down the line, but it's I'm talking about compassion and, you know, bullying and, and all the, um, there's so many great lessons in it. And from what I remember, every chapter begins with a really inspirational quote. Okay. It's really, it's an easier read. And I, I would say, Definitely a sixth grader would be reading it independently. So you can read it, read aloud. Okay. It's a really great. Awesome. Well, thank you for our little extra. <laughs> I know. I know. It just came to mind when you talk about, you know, values and things. Okay. And I'll have all these in the show notes, listeners. So we had for our last pairing was Glass Girl by Laura Anderson Kirk. And then we had a little bonus of Wonder. Do you know who the author of that is? Uh, RJ Palacio, I believe. Okay. I'll double check it for the show notes. But... Okay. <laughs> Okay, so when we had wonder. Um, so let's finish up here with our speed round of questions. So and I came up with some new ones last night to uh, ask you since you've already been on the show. So I think they're pretty fun. Um, okay. Are you a rereader? I am not. A, I don't really reread except if I'm reading it with my daughter now reread uh, full books. I reread a lot of the quotes from them though. I love to highlight those quotes and go back to them yeah. because I highlighted it for a reason. I took notes. So I'll go back to my notes and the quote, notes and quotes because I, otherwise I'm always want to read more. I know that's how I feel. How do you store your quotes out of curiosity? So I heard about your quote book. I love that. I haven't done, <laughs> I haven't done anything like that. I have just mostly either notes on my phone or my tablet and I'll just like copy and paste them or I'll just save it in the Kindle. I'll open up the book and go to the highlighted things. Okay. I want a cooler way to do it though, but I, I haven't. So other than that, or putting things up on the noticing wall, like I try to put, when I was in the classroom, I had a daily quote to try to like, you know, kick off the day, inspire the kids. And I would usually have a daily, like a homophone riddle or something. So I kind of do that on my noticing wall here with uh, my daughter, but I think uh, I would love a better way to organize quotes to be able to go back to them because there's so many great ones. I know. And that's, I, I do have the book, but I don't always pick it up. So that was why I asked. I just wondered if you had some great insights on that. <laughs> no, make it a speed read question for other readers and maybe yes, we'll, get we'll get some more knowledge on it. Okay. And then what was your favorite childhood book? 
so many to choose from, but I really loved uh, the BFG okay. by Roald Dahl. Yep. I, I just thought it was so crazy. And, you know, again, I had it, it really sparked my imagination and I loved rereading it with her. Yeah. So I have you seen the movie? I did. Okay. I did. And I, I thought it was, you know, I did think it was pretty good. I thought the way they made the BFG look, well, you know, it was, I thought they did a pretty good job. It's hard. I'm a tough critic yeah. for movies after books. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then if you could meet one literary character in real life, who would it be? Uh, it would be Atticus Finch. I love, yeah. that's why I named my dog Atticus. Oh, I love that. And I I had a t-shirt I would wear like uh, when I was teaching Atticus Finch is my co-pilot. Yeah. So when we had to wear like a, it was like our reading week, you know, you had to wear things that were like reading themed clothes and stuff. I, I just love the wisdom and the tempered responses. Like that yeah. was so impressive that character and how he handled things and again talked to his daughter he always talked to his daughter and son at that higher level and wanted to know their opinions and just respected them as people in the world and I thought that was just so interesting and, and just impressive and I want to be the same way you know there's yeah. everything he's got he when he you know there's so many parts of To Kill a Mockingbird that just just blew me away with how he handled things so I think I would just want to sit and talk about things. And am I doing things right? And what, yeah. what do you think, Atticus? You know, I would love to have a conversation with him. I reread that two years ago. And I resonated with Atticus Finch this time. From when I read in mm -hmm. high school, I did not. I don't think I resonated with any of the characters. I feel like when I read in high school, I don't know that I like synthesized very much. But um, <laughs> I just resonated so much with him, like you said, as a parent and Oh, could I like just phrase things that way? Like, I think that that was, I, that's a great, great one. Great pick. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then for the last question, I'm sure this is different. So I kept this one, but what are you reading next? So again, I've been reading things from your podcast. So Yay! thank you. And <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so the next, I have two that I'm, or my next two, I want to read A Voice in the Wind by Francine Rivers after hearing about it. Yep. And then Atomic Habits, because that's been on my list for a while. So I want to pick that up. I'm picking it up today, actually. Oh, that's awesome. I have heard a lot about that book. Um, it's been on my shelf, so might be time to pick that one up, too. <laughs> I'm loving this show of, like, those reminders, right, of, like, ping, pick that one up. <laughs> Read yeah. that one next. So, um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time because I know it's precious. Yes. So thank you for giving it to us. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Liliana and I in our discussion today on her YA book flight for girls. We'd love to hear what other books you might pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at bookishflights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. 
That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.